guys, thank you for joining me today on Happy Thinkers Podcast. Um, today's topic that I have is tools and 15 of things that emotionally healthy people do. If you want to be emotionally healthy or if you think maybe you already are, this might be a great opening for you to kind of self-evaluate. That is what I'm doing in this podcast as well, is I'm evaluating myself in all of these areas. I picked 14 because I 14 is kind of my lucky number, so quick little tidbit. I was the 14th girl at the hospital born out of 14 babies born that day at 11:14 on February 14th, 14 days away from my mother's birthday. So as you can imagine, 14 is kind of my number. So I thought 14 things of emotionally healthy people do was perfect. I looked up quite a few different people that I highly admire in the field of personal health and development and awareness and all of these different mind shifting fields. And then I went from there and kind of rolled with the most common themes as well as ones that I personally have found personally effective as in my emotional health, in my health journey, in my journey to enlightenment, as some might say. Um, so let's, let's jump in. So number one is self-awareness, growing self-awareness. So emotionally healthy people are very self-aware. They're aware of what they're thinking. They think about what they're thinking. And if you really think about that, um, it's interesting. So they're really self-aware. They're aware of their weaknesses. They're aware of their strengths. And they're aware of the places they need work. And they're very honest with themselves. Not from a place of judgment, but instead of just as an observer of their thoughts. Um, Edgar, I can't talk today. Hegheart Tolle um, says that when I understand that I am not the thinker, but the observer of the thinker, I, I think that's really a self-awareness trick right there. When we can start to understand that we are ourselves observing our thoughts and therefore we can disconnect from our thoughts and our thoughts do not have to define us, we can simply be aware of them. So that's number one. Number two, they know and or learn their boundaries. So I wouldn't say and or there, I would say and learn their boundaries because I think we all know to a degree our personal boundaries, our emotional boundaries, our physical boundaries, but sometimes we're still evolving and learning those things. So once you know something is a boundary for you, putting that into place and not overstepping it you know being standing firm on that and knowing that that's your boundary so let's just say if you know that your weakness is cake you know that a boundary for you would not be a good thing to go into a bakery when you're on a diet so knowing our boundaries is really important for our own self-health and our emotional health So number three is they forgive and repair damaged relationships. Even if that repairing is simply acceptance and coming to that on their own. So sometimes in relationships we can try our best to repair, but if both parties aren't willing, we need to know when the time is to accept that maybe we have to come to that without the other person. 
and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, sometimes in relationships, that's just the way it has to be, is you have to come to a self-acceptance and forgiveness of that other person, because the forgiveness part really isn't for them, it's for you. Because you are holding yourself back by holding on to what they did or what they said or how you felt about what they did or what they said. So they forgive. Number four, they exercise and eat well and know the value this holds over all in their life. So this is something I'm working on. I'm actually a super healthy eater if I had my choice, but I'm also kind of a lazy eater. I will kind of go for what's convenient. <laughs> so if, you know, if cake's in the fridge and I'd have to go to the store to buy a salad, I'm not gonna go to the store to buy a salad. I'm gonna eat the cake in the fridge. So I'm working on trying to have a little more forethought about my food so that I'm not falling into the trap of like sugar overload and not eating really healthy for me simply out of laziness. <laughs> So that's my problem. It's not that I, I can't eat healthy and it's not that I don't like to eat healthy. I actually really love it and I'm actually really good at it if I plan. The problem is I haven't been using my frontal cortex, my human planning part of the brain, most of the time recently. And I'll reason it like in my brain and try to justify and be like, oh, I didn't have time. That's not true. Even if I didn't have time, I could have made time in the little little bits here and there to make food and save it for later so I need to get better about that I'm working on that myself I've been exercising a lot lately though that was something that I got out of the habit of doing when I had my baby when I had Marceline my daughter um, because most most of the time I just wanted to be spending it with her and not really focused on other things even though I wanted to lose my my baby pocket my little kangaroo pocket <laughs> so working on that Number five, they nurture their self-esteem and learn techniques to help build that. So confidence and self-esteem are different, but self-esteem is how we view ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. So our self-esteem can be things like, in your head you might say, well, you're no good at that, so you might as well not try or look at that, they're way better than you. That's a self-esteem issue right there is where your negative self-talk is impacting the way you view yourself. Your negative thoughts does not mean that's who you are, but that is the way you are choosing to view yourself. So when we start to shift those personal views about ourselves and also break down some of the lies about ourselves that we hold to uh, such a high standard that we believe them to be true at this point, they're not really true. So a belief is simply something that your brain has thought over and over and over to the point where it no longer recognizes it as a thought, but instead as a belief. So when you start to change the way you think, you start to change the beliefs about yourself. So when it comes to self-esteem, that's definitely an area I'm working on. And actually in the past couple weeks has been a huge pivotal turning point for my self-esteem. I've gone through some really rough and rocky places the past couple weeks, but my self-esteem has grown tremendously. And I have my goods and my da bad days, but working on it. All right, next one, number six. 
they adopt and practice flexibility. So I think it's really, really important when to say no to certain things. And I think it's also really important to stand your ground on some things that you just, you've committed to those, you said you're going to do those, those are the things that you need to be doing. So I want to make a huge distinction here. When I say adopt and practice flexibility, I don't mean opting out of the things that you confidently know you're supposed to be doing or not holding to your commitments or not holding yourself accountable for the things you said you'd do, following through. Because I think follow through is just as important as adopting flexibility because flexibility does this. For instance, a couple weeks ago, um, a couple friends and I, we were talking about going out to a carnival. I said, oh, I'll bring my little girl. I'll go out with you guys. So I head that direction with my little girl. I call them and say, hey, where are you guys at? I'm here. They're like, well, you know, the people we were going to invite decided not to go. And this happened and that happened. And so I'm just going to go home and... I, in my brain, I was totally okay with it. And not because I did not want to spend time with him. Actually, I really did. But it wasn't that. It was because I was flexible enough to be like, you know what? Doesn't matter what just happened. Even if I wanted to spend time with him, I'm going to hang out with my daughter and it's going to be great. And honestly, it wasn't great because my card wound up not working, so I couldn't get cash for the carnival. And my daughter's young enough that she didn't even care. She was just excited to see all the people, so it was like not even a big deal. So I just kind of took her around and looked at all the rides and like pointed things out to her. And we were really silly. And then she got stuck in mud because she was being silly. And so, so we went home. But I was completely flexible with the entire occasion, even though I had set my mind to it. Because being flexible opens up the idea that there no longer has to be pressure. So there doesn't have to be a pressure about everything. You don't have to hold yourself to that kind of pressure. Why put yourself through the stress of not being flexible when life doesn't need to be taken quite that seriously all the time? So that's number six. So number seven is they place high value on growth and personal development. This is me all the way. I love to grow. I love to develop. Um, I don't always make the right moves for sure. And I don't always practice the things that I, that I really, the concepts that I listen to or hear or resonate with. And then later I realize just how faulty that was. So I think this is huge. They, they really work towards their personal growth and development and need to know that they're improving. So that's huge. If you're getting a little bit better each day, then you're doing it right. Even if it's a little, even if it's a tiny step, you're doing it right. All right. Number eight, they learn to see things from an abundant perspective, not from a perspective of lack. So this is huge. I think we all sometimes stem our ideas and our wants and our desires from a place of lack. Like, oh, we don't have that, so we want that. Or, oh, our lives don't look like that, so we want that. Oh, look at them, they have that and I don't. Like when we talk about, oh, I wish I had more money, because we we think about it in a, in a term of because we have so little, because we have so scarce, or 
but when you start to think and look at things from a perspective of abundance, like for instance, money, we live in a country here that even if you're very, very poor, you're rich in comparison to a lot of places. So when you look at it in a perspective of you have all of your needs met, therefore you're abundant and you look through that perspective lens and say, yes, I want more. Let me work towards more. Let me seek more. But without a view of lack, you put yourself in a much better perspective and a much better seated spot to receive. So that's huge, very important. Do not stem from that perspective of lack. You have all that you need within you to achieve the things that you want, and you have all that you need around you already at your disposal. Okay, number nine, they practice gratitude. This goes along with what we were just talking about, the whole lack thing. When you come from a place of gratitude, of gratefulness, of where you are and what you have, and seeking it as a blessing, then you automatically come from a place of abundance. So those go hand in hand. I actually think it's about to rain on me, guys. <laughs> I better get indoors. I was so excited. The birds were all chirpy, so I wanted to come outside and record this, but I think it's about to rain. So let me head inside here, but we'll keep going. Gratitude is really important. It changed my life. When I started to get really down and out in my depression at one point, I started to seek out things to make myself feel better. And one of the things I started practicing is before I laid down, as I was laying my head on the pillow, I'd do it in my phone so I wouldn't even have to write it down. I wouldn't have to do anything like that. I could even, if I was too tired to do anything else, I'd have no excuse. I could literally speak it into my phone. But I had a gratitude journal that I had to write down three things I was grateful for that day, that had happened that day, that I had that day, that I felt that day, three things I was grateful for. And thinking about those three things right before I went to sleep versus how my day didn't go well or that conversation that I wish I hadn't had or why did I say that or why did I do that or why didn't I do that or why didn't I say that instead of those things running through my head my gratitude was for my life was running through my head and it was great it changed everything for me it was a game changer um so gratitude for sure all right number nine they learn to feel and set with their emotions feel your feelings <laughs> so this is so hard for most people because we are kind of in a culture that doesn't have us feel our feelings but instead covers up our feelings or denies our feelings or pushes down our feelings so we instantly jump to oh we shouldn't feel that or oh I don't want to feel that so we automatically like push it down or deny it instead of feeling what we feel without the judgment of whether we should or not. So somebody cuts in front of you and your road rage jumps in and you're angry, it's okay to sit with that feeling of anger and it not have to mean anything. Doesn't mean you hate that person in front of you, doesn't mean you're a bad person for feeling angry. It simply means that you got angry. And when we view our feelings in a place with no judgment and feel our feelings and set with them and not have to act on them or them not have to mean anything, that can be so freeing. And it can also bring that self-awareness that we need. 
All right, number 10. They know how to ask for help and they are brave enough to do so. This is really hard, guys. I want to give props to all those out there who have ever stepped up and asked for help. I know some incredibly strong people who have still needed help. We all do sometimes, and it's important to know when to ask. Asking for help is such a blessing that we have because that means that we have a support system to ask for one, and two, we know that we don't have to do things on our own, nor should we. We are human beings, and human beings need to live in community. We live best that way. We do our best lives that way. So asking help is not weakness. In fact, it is strength. But asking for help is very hard sometimes. But please, if you ever feel like you need help with anything, don't fear to ask. Be brave. And being brave doesn't mean you're not scared. Being brave means doing it anyway. So just throwing that out there. Number 11. They take care of themselves. So this does not mean they don't take care of others and they don't care for others and they don't put others before themselves in in many situations. But they learn to take care of themselves, their needs. They learn to listen to their body's needs, to listen to their mind's needs, and to take care of themselves. What that looks like is taking time out for yourself when you need to, taking a break from your relationships like externally when you need to. So like you can say no to hanging out with friends if you need a day to yourself. Or if you need to go hang out with friends, it is okay to make time for that. Those things are taking care of yourself. Now, when you're indulging in those things, that is different. But taking care of yourself looks like listening to what you genuinely need and following through. Important. (laughs) All right, number 12. They follow their passions, dreams, and goals to fruition. That last part is the key right there. So following a passion is beautiful. Following dreams and goals are amazing, but following them to fruition takes discipline and drive and sometimes some extra motivation from others and other sources. Those are okay things. You don't have to jet fuel yourself all the time, but you need to follow those things and not hold yourself back with fear because so I'm gonna get into a little bit of a psychology lesson here on the way our brains work we have three parts of our brains the brain stem the frontal cortex and then to be really honest with you I cannot remember what the other brain piece is called but the point is that other brain piece that I don't remember the name to fights back and forth with the frontal cortex because the frontal cortex is the part of the brain that reasons things and the brain stem is the part of the brain that tries to keep us safe and in trying to keep us safe a lot of times it fears the new and 
our passions, dreams, and goals tend to be new and hard. So it'll say, hey, hey, that's scary. I need to keep you safe. Let's not go that way. But your frontal cortex, your planning, your your ambitions, your goals, your human part of the brain that makes you reach for more will say, but I want that. That's what I want. So they fight back and forth and your emotion part of the brain is in the middle and it fights to just kind of keep the peace. So when that's happening, when you're having this tug of war within yourself of fear versus faith in your dream and your goal, let that faith win out because it may be scary, but putting yourself out on a limb and taking a risk is worth it, even if you fail. And if you've listened to my last podcast, you know we can never fail because every time we fail, it's just simply we can view it as a stepping stone to push us towards our goals. So there, there's a little follow-up for you to connect to our last podcast. And the last one, number 14, emotionally healthy people love deeply and love others without fear of the world changing that. So when I say without fear, I don't mean they don't fear that sometimes, but they choose to love anyway. Loving others and loving yourself is important. And when you take the time to do that, despite anything you've ever went through, any trauma, anything that might keep you isolated into yourself, when you choose to love anyway, and don't put expectations on that love, simply love for the sake of loving, you will be much happier as a person. I know this from personal experience because there has been so many times in my personal life, and I can't not even count them, that I loved for the sake of loving and was very happy and proud to do that, even though I didn't get anything in return, and even though I felt like I should have put some expectation on that love to be receiving it as well, didn't matter. I loved for the sake of loving and I don't regret a minute of it. So that's my last one for you. I hope you loved this podcast today. If you want to hear more from The Happy Thinker, please tune in and subscribe. 